What's up, Abundant Babe? I'm so glad you found your way here. You're in the right place for the highest of vibes, the silliest of laughs, and the best of the bunch. All things related to spiritual entrepreneurship and creating holistic success. This is your host, Viola Hug, a coach for women who desire to have it all, alignment, wealth, impact, and joy. Come find me at Viola Hug on Instagram, join my free Abundant Babes group on Facebook, or grab a copy of my best-selling book, You Are an Abundant Babe, on Amazon. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Abundant Babes podcast. This is your host, Viola Hug, and it is awesome that you're here for another episode because us and today we're here with an awesome interview episode. I feel like this conversation is going to get really interesting and I'm so excited for it. Jess, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. As I told you, I'm in fangirl mode because I've binge listened to your podcast since I found you. So this is like I love being on podcasts that I genuinely like, and I'm not like, hey, your podcast is so cool. I've never listened to an episode, but let's chat. <laughs> so this is such a genuine, fun thing for me to do. Yes, I love that. So for those of you who are just coming across Jess for the first time, Jess is on Instagram at Light Up Work, and she's a coach at Light Up Work, funny enough. <laughs> and she helps <laughs> professionals reach big career goals, do work that they love, like a whole bunch of wonderful things. She's also a TEDx speaker, which I thought was really cool. And one of her kind of like things that she talks about is confidence, which we're really going to dive into today, um, but leadership and entrepreneurship and all the things as well. So lots of cool stuff. She's yeah. Canadian. Is that right? I'm Canadian. Yeah. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. yes to Canadians. <laughs> She's a Manny Jen. <laughs> yeah. Man Jen Canadian. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two kiddos. <laughs> love it all the things. Yeah. Yeah, So why don't you share a little bit about your story? Let us know, like, how, how did you get into the work that you do? And Mm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will share like a version of it and we'll dig in where it's interesting. So I, like many of us was a really good student, got all the A's, went away, like had a very, very, um, stereotypical corporate success story. Went to school, got good grades, did got good grades, got a great job, got the promotions. And where I fell down the, had to like dive headfirst down the rabbit hole of personal development, professional development, all the things, finding out human design is a thing, finding out like Buddhist retreat in the woods, all that stuff is (laughs) my confidence in my corporate career. My very successful corporate career was like full on posturing words. Like it was, I was able to have the successful feel like crap on the inside. You know, like the minute I got negative feedback, I'd go and cry in my car for about 45 minutes. Right. The minute that there was a complaint about a mediation I ran, I like drank three bottles of wine and smoked a pack of cigarettes. I don't even smoke cigarettes, but I was like, I got it. I need to numb all of this stuff. Mm. And, you know, for me and why I focused a lot on confidence in the work I do with people now is a, because it doesn't come easy to me. Like this was not, I wasn't that kid who was like, woo, let's, no, I was hiding behind my mom's legs. Like it's not, it is a skill I've had to work really hard to develop. Um, and there's so many myths out there about confidence. Like, you know, actually TEDx is a good example. Um, so I am, you know, I'm doing air quotes for those who are listening to the audio. I am confident public speaker. 
But what I hear from people a lot is you're really competent public speaking. And I say, yeah, I am. Like, what, how are you defining it? And they say, you're not nervous. I was like, oh, okay. No, <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> we're not defining it the same way. I was trying to hold back the vomit because I was so nervous and sweaty pogs and like, yeah, that's not how confidence works. Like, it's not about don't care, whatever. It's like, I'm, I care so much. I'm freaking out and I'm doing the thing anyways. Right. So I had to learn that the hard way. And so that's why I do a lot of that with mm-hmm. the people I work with too. I love that you say that as well, because I do think it is one of the biggest misconceptions that confidence is just like something that you, it's like either you're born with confidence or you're not, you know, like it's kind of like that understanding. But when you start to reframe it and understand that confidence is a skill, you can start looking at it in a completely different way. And I think also the other thing is people always think that confidence comes first. And then you do the thing, but it's like, no, 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 no. And you fuck it up and then you do it again. And then you don't fuck it up as badly. And then you do it again. And then eventually slowly somewhere along the line, you're like, oh shit, I'm pretty confident at this now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you suddenly realize, oh, the thing that scared the shit out of me six months ago, I don't even think about now. Yeah. That happens. And that's awesome. But like, yeah. When people are like, okay, well, once I'm more confident, I'll apply to do a TEDx. I'm like, nope, you're never going to do one then. Yeah. You're never, never that's not how it works. You're just never going to do one. So yeah. either say you're never going to do one or say, I'm going to apply and figure it out after like, but don't this weird myth thing in the middle of I'll do it once I'm confident. No, you no, because that's not a reality that will exist in any time. Like that's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, not how it works. So yeah, I, yeah. I love that. And I also like one of the things that really stood out to me when we were first like discussing the podcast and everything was like how you said that there's like different um, versions of confidence as well and like different archetypes and different like perspectives that you can have on confidence. And I felt like this is mm-hmm. such a needed topic to talk about because um, like you said, there's firstly a lot of misconceptions around confidence. People are like, think that it's this one thing when really it's mm-hmm. something to learn and it's like a completely different way to look at confidence because I do think confidence is incredibly important like we know that when we're confident and certain in our work it sells we know that people are drawn to confidence and certainty we know that Mm -hmm. like it like is it feels good to be confident and certain about the things (laughs) that we do right like it's actually an incredibly important pillar really in our growth and our development and our businesses and our lives um but yeah, it is so interesting how there's just like these one track perspectives of it. So can mm-hmm. you start us like, let's walk down that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. But here's again, back to that thing of you fuck up and then you move on yeah. confidence archetypes. So I have a tool that I use called confidence archetypes and it came from me giving really shitty advice to people. <laughs> right. And like, this was back in my, like back in my corporate career as a learning development manager. And then in my self-employed life, I'd be like, you know what? Just go mentor someone. That'll make you feel confident. And that's great if your primary archetype is like the sage archetype or even the caregiver. But if that's not it, you come back to me and like, I've had someone come back and be like, I did what you told me to do. I'm like, great. How do you feel? They're like, I feel like shit. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm missing something here. And as I, you know, as I ran more workshops and worked with more people, you can start to see really clearly the patterns come out and the threads come out of like 
noticing the different ways that confidence both feels for people. Like, and let's be honest, there's seven point whatever billion of us. So it feels seven point billion different ways. And that's fine. But there's patterns that tend to lump us in a bit of a grouping, even though we're individuals in that grouping, right? Similar to MBTI, similar to horoscopes, human design, all these types of you don't have to get all wound up of like, I'm not a number. Like, no, you're unique and that's fine. But there's patterns. Mm-hmm. And when you can figure out your primary pattern, then you can know like, oh, if I try this on, it will really build the muscle for me instead of making me feel even worse. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's where I started noticing it. And I'm you know, certified in a couple of different personality assessments. And so I started noticing, oh, this type of MBTI, like the ENFPs tend to seem drawn to this type, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you are. I'm right I there also, with you. <laughs> I also have training in that because one of our like old family, well, not old family friends, but he's like a family friend that was actually, he's like, as good of a friend now as he was with my parents, which is really funny because he went to school yeah. with my parents, but he's super awesome. And he does, he's like a corporate coach. So he yeah. does. Um, and that was one of the modalities that he taught to corporate leadership teams and whatever. Um, and he taught me. Um, and that was like one of the first things that I used. And I don't use it as much anymore now though, because I find like, I prefer human design where it's not like self-diagnosis, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, anyway, yeah. sorry, I got distracted. No, our own filters always <laughs> get in the way, don't they? Yeah. No, and it's true. And like you, you see this, like if you even like forget about, yes, there's a quiz you can do and blah, blah, blah yeah. to come up with your mm-hmm. archetype. Forget about all of that for a second and think about people in your life. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, like you can think about things that would make your partner, your best friend, your mom, your aunt, your sibling feel confident. Mm-hmm. They're probably not the same things that would draw you in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like for me, um, I'm a jester type, right? So that's my primary archetype. My primary confidence archetype is a jester. And well, that is yes, like high energy and bringing like a light airy kind of energy. The big, the big piece in there is speaking truth to power. Mm-hmm. And being able to do it in a way that is heard because it's non-threatening mm-hmm. when you, when you really embody that archetype, mm-hmm. right? So when I think about times in my life when, and in my career, when I've been most confident, it's so easy to see the pattern of I've had the ear of someone in power and I've been able to influence them to provide better benefits to their employees or to provide a training program that really engaged people or to listen to their team or that like, that whereas someone else someone who's a ruler type right like that leader type they're like i don't want to be freaking influencing i want to be doing like how do i like that's not going to make me feel good just being the right hand man kind of thing so if you think about it that way we all have this we all have all the types all have all the types as you know as we know we all have all the energies we all have all the things but there's one that's going to come really naturally and that's what i like to help people figure out and so they can lean into it a lot Mm -hmm. i like that and um i like as you i love the example that you were giving of like the mom and your aunt and like all the things right that's so true because um i know for me you know like contrary to what most people think i also was not well, actually, I was going to say I, was, I didn't grow up with confidence, but I think I had confidence, but then it was like stuffed out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets beaten out of you at some point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when I was little, I was such a high energy kid. And I know from human design as well, it was like people just could not handle my jandals. So I was right. just like, whatever. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, 
but it's like I I would have like if someone says to me like confidence I have this automatic picture of somebody in my head that I at some point perceived as confident and then that became my definition of confidence right so yes. it's like for me when I picture confidence I picture someone who's just like very eloquent and just dresses cool and like yeah. I don't know you know like says the right things and um that is like that version person's version of confidence maybe but then as well when I think of my mom I can see confidence in her but in a completely different way and a completely Mm -hmm. different genius right Mm -hmm. and so I I love that example because it gets you to think about things a lot more diversely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, can you go into the different archetypes or like what can you tell us about the different archetypes so that people can kind of like start to see what kind of variations there could be and if there's anything that they can identify with for sure. Yeah. Oh, and there's so much fun. And it's exactly like you said, confidence in one person is going to look totally different from someone else. Not one's not right. One's not wrong. They're just different. Right. So, so I'll run through them quickly mm-hmm. and then we can dig into any that you're like, Ooh, that one I'm kind of maybe want to know more about. So we've got the ruler type, exactly what it sounds. Confidence comes from being the leader, from setting the vision, from driving people forward, getting a group of people and driving them forward. That like mm-hmm. very stereotypical kind of leader ruler type of role. How many are there just real quick? There's nine. Nine. Okay, cool. Yes. So the second one is the artist type. And that really is the person who creates from nothing. Mm -hmm. You can be an accountant and be an artist type. You can be a nurse and be an artist type. It's not about like fine arts, but Mm -hmm. it is about creating from nothing, creating Mm -hmm. something. And that's where your confidence comes from. Simple. Mm -hmm. Mystic type. I love the mystic types. I'm not one, but like, I love them so much. So they are the, the kind of the mediums, the soothsayers, the like, so plugged into their intuition and source, their confidence comes from like that, that connection to something bigger and being able to share it on a, on a bigger scale and be able to share it with people. Mm-hmm. You might just be a mystic, but anyways, um, <laughs> mystics usually have things like tarot cards and crystals and all that but they can also be you could be an army general and be a mystic and trust your gut feel and be able to use that data and that kind of thing right Um, casually holding up my crystal yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm like a mystic wannabe with my tarot in the background (laughs) i feel like like you said as well though it's like we all have all of them yes exactly but it's just like when is your home base the part that stood out to me is like what guides me is my deep knowing that I receive, you know, yeah. that I, 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 as a young person didn't understand as intuition, but now know as source, you know? So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, mm-hmm. that's why I was like, hmm, I relate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mystics too have a deep spiritual normally. And if they don't, they should try to develop one or, or really lean into that, but a really deep, meaningful spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. So if you're Catholic, that's maybe going to church a few days a week, doing communion, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that. If you're new age, maybe it's looking like some kind of pagan practices. If you're different, like if you're Buddhist, it's different meditation practices. It doesn't matter what label you stick on the thing. It's, you have a deep, deep ability to connect to source in whatever way that looks like and feels like for you Mm -hmm. but it's a real like it's a really deep sacred practice that these people tend to naturally have and if they don't I always say get get that figured out because that's going to be a game changer for you yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, so the next type's a caregiver, and that's like that that maternal um, energy. It's nothing to do with gender, but just that caregiving, nurturing type of energy. Your mm -hmm. confidence tends to come from taking care of others, nurturing mm -hmm. others. Um, you know that person who's always bringing out like the snack plates. That's, oh, that's like that's that energy. Yeah, that is that is that energy. I don't have that. I'm like, there's a bag of chips in the closet if you're interested. Yeah, I'm like, can someone bring me food? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do it, but <laughs> and, and my husband's like, like, the kitchen's right there, and I'm like, yeah, there's and, a pantry. And what, what about it? <laughs> what do you got for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah, I'm not really tapped into that energy myself. I even like, I even find. Like, so I have two young kids and I even find with my kids, I, the caregiver energy doesn't tend to come as naturally to me. I'm like, I'm like, oh, what do you I want get, now? Like, because <laughs> really that's definitely one that I like feel like, um, cause I'm also like, so when we look at like, I'm human, human design, I'm a manifester in astrology. I'm a Libra sun and a Libra moon and a cancer mm -hmm. rising, which is like a very nurturing bundle. Yeah. Um, and I find that like, when I'm like in a very, um, like intimate setting with one other person or whatever, it's like, I want to do thoughtful things and mm. I, it's not necessarily like caregiving stuff, but I always want to be thoughtful, you know? Yeah. And it's also interesting because one of the deeper parts of my human design talks about how part of my superpower is to touch and move people right through thoughtfulness and all the right. things. So it's like funny when I find all these interconnections, but then it's like one that when I'm just like in my normal day-to-day -day flow, like that's not where I like pull my confidence from. It's just something that I sometimes like to have like a little taste of here and yeah, there. A yeah. A little snifter, but yeah. it's not going to be the ground of confidence. No, yeah. Yeah. I confidence. hear you. Um, the next two are like the badass types. So mm -hmm. there's the warrior type and the rebel type and they can get confused, but the warrior type is, um, the confidence and that energy comes from fighting the good fight on behalf of other people. Mm -hmm. So it's very much an, a confidence about fighting for other people. So if you think of activists, mm -hmm. right, they are fighting on behalf of people they either know or don't know, but there's like a cause that's greater from them. And yeah. when they're in that place, they're like, they are full on badass mm -hmm. warrior mode. Right. And their I confidence comes that. from that. Yeah. And I just like, I am so far from that type and I'm so drawn to people who have that type. I'm like, I just sort of look at them with these like big eyes, like, Oh, you're so, you're so magical and scary. I, <laughs> like, I love it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. My husband, kinda, like, yeah. my husband, like he was standing in line somewhere and there was like a no smoking sign and the, the, this person was smoking and blowing like smoke in everyone's faces. And he like yeah. was the one that told them to stop yep. smoking. And I'm like, yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm just standing there awkwardly staring at them. Whereas the yeah, warrior's like, all these, Oi. <laughs> all, yeah, all these people like mouth at him. Like he said it in a really nice way. Sure. But, sure. Like, all these people afterwards were like, thank you. Like mouthing. Thank you at him. <laughs> yes. It's always on behalf of either the greater good or a group of people or whatever. And I, they're just, they're magic people. And then the rebel is the other kind of badass one, but it's a bit more about being individualistic. Doesn't mean they don't do good things for other people, but the confidence comes from being 100% authentic, 100% individualistic, regardless of what is going on around them. They are mm -hmm. like, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing it my way. And that is what makes me feel 100% in my confident self. Mm -hmm. um, and they're usually people that are, they struggle in team settings. Yeah. Um, 
for better, we need them. They actually have a really great impact because mm. you're like, it's another perspective and you have to talk things out and it creates productive conflict and all mm. that. But it, yeah, sometimes they're like, why do we, what, why are we doing this? This is stupid. They're that person. You need them, but they can make some uncomfortable situations. Oh my gosh, funny. So that's our rebels. And then our last two are like, the friendly ones. So we've got the jester and the best friend. Mm -hmm. So the jester is like, I explained that one a little bit. That's me. That's the bringing a light, playful, fun kind of energy to their work. And their confidence comes from, um, yes, the clown side of making people laugh, but, but for a purpose. If it's kind of fun and silliness without a real um, bigger purpose, it feels good. It just doesn't tend to ground their confidence. Whereas mm -hmm. speaking truth to power, being able to change hearts and minds through story and fun and play, mm -hmm. that's where their confidence is like, is like out of the park. Mm -hmm. And then our last type is the best friend type. Um, and I called it this because it's kind of a combination of a few different um, archetypes from like, um, from more traditional archetype work. But really, I called it this because it's my best friend is this type. Mm -hmm. And it is all about connection. Like mm -hmm. this is the person who knows everyone, always has the network, always like their big confidence comes from, I've won them over. I have the relationship. I'm able to like have a connection with these people mm -hmm. and they, they thrive on being able to play that role. Right. They're the person at the party who's talked to everyone. I'm, I've talked to two people and they're like, did you talk to Greg? And then there's Cindy. And also there's Joe over there and I'm going to have lunch with him next week. Cause we're going to talk about this project. I'm like, I just got my coat off. Like I haven't even, what, like what just happened? Um, and so that's, that's the overview of the types. And there's, there's shadow sides to all of those things. As we know, there's always shadow side. Um, but the one thing I would say to people just trying to think about like, Oh, where do I fit? And which one tends to be my primary? One of the reasons that I did, I made the tool and started talking about this with people is I hear so much about weaknesses, especially I, I tend to work with people in their career, right? It's like, oh, I'm bad at this, so I got to develop it. Or I'm not as good at this, and so I'm going to focus on that. And that's really, there's just not a lot of point to that. Are you double down on your strengths? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a know your weaknesses because they will take you out if you don't know what they are. Yeah. But to like, if you work on your weaknesses, you'll maybe be mediocre at them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not a sexy goal, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the point of like, I, these archetypes are a really easy way to lean into the thing you're already bringing, mm -hmm. double down on it, bring it, you're doing it at 60, bring it at a hundred mm -hmm. and you'll be, you'll be blown away by how much the confidence grows. And then, and then the ripple on that. I feel like that's such an interesting concept as well, especially for entrepreneurs, because in entrepreneurship, especially at the start for a lot of people, and I believe too many people hold on to this phase of their entrepreneurship for far too long. And that's the, I have to do it all myself. So mm -hmm. I have to be able to do the things I don't actually want to do. I don't like to do mm. and all the things, you know, and, um, and yeah, so that like working on your weaknesses thing, it's like, I see people who absolutely suck <laughs> at graphic design stuff, you know, and they hate it. It frustrates them. But then it's like, yeah. they are figuring it out and they're spending all this time figuring it out. And mm -hmm. that's great. You'll probably produce something semi-decent, 
<laughs> but it's like yeah. that's not the goal because then it's also taking away from the en- the energy you could be putting into the areas that you're actually going to thrive in that are actually going to make you money that are actually going to mm. shine light through you onto other people you know so that's why often I talk about like, I mean, actually I haven't talked about this a lot. I should talk about it more, but like the importance of being aware of the things that are necessary for you to do at the Mm. beginning, but also leaping and getting support where you need it sooner than you may feel ready for. Right. What was that for you? What was the first thing that you were like, this is not in any way my zone of genius. So I'm going to delegate it or hire someone or not do it. Or like, what was the first thing for you that you were able to Um, Well, the first thing was actually my podcast. <laughs> Funny enough, it was like it's not that I can't do it. It's just that at the when I first started my podcast, I loved everything about it. I loved right. the episodes. I loved sitting there uploading five hundred different files online, like to get it uploaded. Yeah. I loved managing my RSS feed and all these things, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Because when I was first starting, because I started my podcast very early in my business. Mm. It felt like the one thing that I had because I hadn't had a lot of programs or clients or anything yet. Right. You know, like it felt like my thing that made me feel like I was actually legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I like really loved pouring energy into that. And then the following year I like was writing a book and I had tons of clients and I was like traveling and like, there was just so many other things on my plate that it just, I felt like every time when I recorded the episodes, I loved it. And then I would literally get to the point where I'm like, shit, I was supposed to upload an episode today and rush, try to edit it and be so annoyed. (laughs) And so that's what I'm like, this is not the energy that I want going into my Mm. podcast, you know? And I'm like, but I still love recording the episodes. So what do I do? And I was like, hire someone. Duh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But we don't often think about it. We start with yeah. like, okay, is there a software I can use to make this easier? Can I automate it some way? And that's great to start yeah. there. But sometimes it's just like, yeah, I just need someone else to do this because exactly. I can do it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't like it. No, I don't want to do it anymore. Some stuff that I've gotten support with since then. And for me, this is a lot of the admin stuff. You know, it's like setting up sure. groups. It's like pulling down content off of old things that I've done. It's, I don't know, like, finding hashtags. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. Things yeah. like that. And, um, my, like, obviously like later, like financial teams and that kind of stuff came in, but it's, sure. I think it's like, I think that's also the interesting thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be, like I said, that editing podcast is not where my time's best spent by mm-hmm. any means. You know, mm-hmm. I'm better when I'm in creation and talking to yeah. people, um, or meditating. <laughs> like those are my, those are my yeah. spaces. But then at the same time, I enjoyed it at the beginning. So yeah. it was a different experience, you know what I mean? And so yeah. that that's, I think, what people have to really consider as well is that there's things that you're going to be able to do that aren't necessarily worth your time's best spent, but then maybe at the beginning, it's the right decision to make. I have another client though, for example, and she, from the very beginning, she could not suss the graphic design thing. It was just too much for her. And before she ever made any money, she'd ha- hired a VA Um, She had someone doing graphic design stuff for her and she paid people to do a photo shoot for her. Right. Which Mm -hmm. are all things you can do on your own. But she was like, these are not my zone. Mm. Just like, I feel like I have had a lot of clients who've taken really big leaps like that. And I love witnessing it because 
you don't necessarily see the results straight away, right? But she started her business at the start of 2019 and she started off as a blogger, then shifted about halfway through the year, realized she wanted to be a coach, started doing that. That's when she hired all these people mm. who hadn't really made any money yet in her business, but she was investing big. Like she was investing in one-on-one coaching with me for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And then she still hadn't really seen a lot, but she knew what was going to happen for her mm-hmm. this year. 2020 she's like I don't know like her current number but she's over $330,000 in her currency for wow. the year <laughs> in her oh business. my gosh and I mean so, so good it's a, I know. such a good example of this I don't think it's like I don't think that that's like a typical result obviously for a lot of people like I'm, I don't know if there's like financial disclaimer what, what the fuck ever sure <laughs> sure I don't know <laughs> but all I'm saying is that I've witnessed so many clients mm. Big steps like that where they a lot of people it's more comfortable they're more confident in investing later or in making the move later or trying it when you get there but you mm. can also decide you're there and it shifts you into a whole d- different energy right well you know you're so right and and i don't see this as much in self-employed people but it's there a little bit there's kind of this sneaky cultural thing of like you got to pay your dues. You know, you got to like work through first your junior copywriter, then a medium copywriter, then a copywriter, then a copyright partner. I made those titles up, but you know what I mean? And we've kind of accident, like that's the world we live in. So even if we reject that notion, it's still in the soup a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we often think that it's like, okay, I've started a podcast, so I have to do everything to like earn my dues Mm -hmm. before uh, I can, you know, outsource it or hire a team member to do it or whatever. And it's kind of BS. Like, and I, I I have such gratitude for a mentor I had, and this was in corporate, which you like, they love that shit. Like work through (laughs) level one through 10 kind of video game career garbage. But I had this amazing mentor who promoted me at the time. And I was like, but I'm really bad at these parts of my current job. She's like, oh, I know. And you're not going to get better at them. Like you suck at those. So we're going to promote you because you're good at all the things in this next level job. You're already smashing it and you're never going to get good at those things. So let's just move on. And I was like, I didn't think that was on the list of options. Like it blew my mind as a 22 year old who was like, mm-hmm. I thought I had to get good at the things I'm horrible at before I could go and do the job I actually want to do. She's like, yeah, no, we're, we're skipping mm-hmm. that. We're going to, yeah. we're going to just, we're not going to waste our time <laughs> or money. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're never going to be good at that. It was, it was stuff like attention to detail. I'm like, but I still make data error entries all the time. She's like, I know you suck at it. So we're going to have you stop doing it now. I was like, yeah. Oh my God. I love you. Like to this yeah, day, this is like, like, I'm still in touch with this mentor to this day. Cause I'm like, you changed the way I thought about work and oh, that's, that's huge. So you know? Nice. Yeah. Like, that's so amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been such a cool conversation. I would love to know that, like, as we start to wrap up, if, if there's something that you wish you could say to the listeners right now, based on the conversation that we've had or any last kind of like tidbits, what would they be? gosh, the pressure. Okay. Um, Pressure's on. My last. I mean, I feel like sometimes as well, like you get into conversation and at the beginning you're like, oh, I definitely want to talk about that and it hasn't come up. So now's your chance. <laughs> like check my notes. No. Yeah. Um, okay. If I have one last like to throw out there to anyone listening is lean, like forget about your five-year plan. I know that's a little counterintuitive. And it's not that you shouldn't have plans and goals and all of that is magical, but I think 
we hold on to it so tightly. And as we get closer to these goals, sometimes we start to find like, oh, I actually hate coaching clients, but I made a website and I like made a program with a graphic. So I don't actually enjoy this, but this is my goal and I'm almost there. So I got to keep going. And I don't know. I embrace the flakiness, man. Like if it's not working and this is typical manifesting generator, right? But like, if it's not working for you, you get to decide to do something different. Like you, you get to do that. That is within your power. I don't care what your job is, what your goals are, what your business model is. If it doesn't feel good. And, and like, look, I hate bookkeeping. I don't even like social media. There's lots of parts of being self-employed that I'm like, ugh. It's not about, is it all fun and games? It's like, does it, what, what you're actually doing, does it feel good? And does it feel like it fits that, that archetype, that really true part of yourself? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, I don't give a shit. If you spend 15 grand on your website, move on. Like you, yeah. you can, you can shift it, edit it, or burn the whole fucking thing to the ground. But like, you don't have to just keep doing the thing because you put it on a goals list and stuck it on your bulletin board a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I'd say about it. All the time. One of the colors <laughs> I started my business with was only do things I actually fucking want to do. <laughs> Such a good pillar. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I do like, I think it's always so important when we talk about this stuff. It's like, it's not that um, it's hard or mm-hmm. it's challenging. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. Right. Because when we really are in tune with our vision and who we are, it's like, that's how I've done the challenging things in my business. It's because mm. I know what it's for. So mm. I'm excited to do it anyway. Right. Or I'm excited to hire someone to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the two. Um, <laughs> but it's like when it's genuinely like, like a strategy or an mm. idea or something that just isn't resonating fuck that shit yeah onwards like just <laughs> onwards just quit yeah. it i love that <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that um so where can people hang out with you get in touch learn more about you what are the kind of best places well the best places are i love a little bit of instagram so i'm at light up work and you can mm-hmm. find me there uh and then the other place is my website i've got Um, if you're interested in the archetype stuff, there is a really super quick quiz that will help point you towards which one you are and you get the bigger description and the shadow stuff and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just other free stuff on there. And, and also I hired because I'm not a web designer as it turns out and I hired someone. So I look at it and go, it's so beautiful because I kind of had nothing to do with it. And that makes me so happy. So yeah, so you can head over to my website for stuff and then just to connect, Instagram's the best place to find me. Light up work on all the things. Cool, amazing. And that will of course be in the show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you to the, those of you that are listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a screenshot, upload it onto your Instagram story, tag us. And I'll mm-hmm. say, well, don't mm-hmm. know. Definitely. (laughs) Hang out with me on Instagram as well. Um, (laughs) As well as with Jess. And yeah, I so appreciate your time and I appreciate your time, Jess, today. It's been so awesome. I so appreciate you sharing your magic with us and goodbye. Thanks. Yeah. And see you later, listeners. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.